Hello, happy December, and welcome to another episode of It's All About Perspective. My name is Abigail Peterson, my co-host. Robert Hinchliffe, and I am the principal of Tyrone Thompson, and you are better known as? Kindergarten Chaos. That's so, right. Welcome to um, today's episode. I am. I have been so invested into another podcast. Yes, it's okay if you have a podcast to listen to other podcasts, but I've been heavily invested into the podcast from American Public Media that is titled Sold a Story. And I have been so invested in it that I have reached out to other people that I that that we actually we both know and I know personally, former coworkers and other people that are in education, and I have encouraged them to listen to the podcast. It is fascinating, and so I actually reached out to your wife a couple weeks ago, and I was and um, I texted her and I said, Christy, because she used to teach first grade. She teaches sixth grade now, but I know she was an amazing first grade teacher and first grade is very foundational for reading. And so I reached out to her and I said, Christy, have you listened to Soul to Story podcast? And she's like, no, I haven't heard of it. And I said, you've got to. I said, it's very, it's a, it's an easy listen. It's six episodes listen. And so I think it was like around the third or fourth episode, she texted me and she's like, Abby, she's like, I am listening to this. She's like, this is amazing. And so I said, yeah, you got to get Robert to listen to it because I figured she'd have more pull with you than anyone else. So anyways, we talked a little bit about it last week after we recorded our episode and you, you said that you would listen to it. So here we are a week later and I would love to hear your thoughts as a former educator, but current principal on the Soul to Story podcast, which is again by American Public Media. It is by a reporter who um, did a deep, deep, deep dive on the literacy system in the United States, specifically reading and delved into Lucy Calkins, Fountas and Pinnell, and really some of the big box curriculums and just the overall arching guided reading um, uh, theme approach as has been taught over the last probably 25 years. So that's the premise of it. I'd love to know what your thoughts are, Robert. You, yeah, you did. Um, Reach out to Christy. She was listening to it in the morning. I kind of started listening. And then uh, you basically said, you got to listen. So the last week I have been listening. I I find it fascinating. There's a lot of thoughts that I have. You know way more about reading than I do. Um, But the thing from my perspective that I find fascinating is, uh, well, many things. But the first thing I really thought of was, it doesn't surprise me. Because I was thinking back to my first year teaching. I walked into a room at Decker in Las Vegas. And here are these books. And I'm basically done with what I'm doing. I'm new. Mm -hmm. And I just basically used the program and did the best I could and ran through it. And nobody really trained me on it. It was just kind of like, hey, just do your best. So I got to thinking, okay, well, was I sold a story? Was Mm -hmm. the program that I was using back then just something that the district purchased and they didn't know what the research was? I guess that's what gets you thinking is how do we know that the resources we are using are indeed best for kids? I think that's what I I questioned a lot when listening to it. 
how do you know what's in your room is quote unquote research based or what's right for kids? Because anybody can say, oh, this is research based. Abby, you've told me a million times I can find research to support anything. Correct. Yeah, but I mean, ha- you can if you want yeah. to, you can find it, especially in the technological age that we live in that people put quote unquote research online all the time. Yeah. But again, how do you know? I mean, I feel bad thinking back to the kids, Mm -hmm. the poor kids that I taught the first few years. I did them a disservice. I think a lot of teachers would say that. But when you look at I I think like my main thing looking back was how do I know that what's in the classroom is, quote unquote, correctly research based and right for kids? And now I find myself questioning everything Mm -hmm. was was CCSD sold a story, quote unquote, with Amplify Science. Were they sold a story with Envisions? Were they sold a story with Wonders or whatever other program out there? It just makes me quite, and I think a lot of people don't trust trust the district or trust certain things. So how do we know that what we're doing is right for kids? It's just, that's really what my main takeaway was. If you are, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Sold the Story, you can find the podcast on any platform you find the podcast at. Emily Hanford was the, she's an actual reporter. She's the education reporter that did this whole deep dive on it. Um, Here's what, here's my thought on it, Robert, is yes, you can, we could investigate every curriculum, every subject, every, we, we could, we could go through it all, but We kind of talked about this a little bit last week when we delved into primary versus intermediate. What is the foundation of learning? Okay. I mean, we could say growth mindset. We could say SEL. I mean, we could have a million things, but ultimately it doesn't matter what's in a science book if you can't read it. Doesn't matter what's in a a math book if you have to do um, a story problem if you can't read. So reading is the foundation of learning. Okay. But how is the best way to teach it is okay. kind of what it comes well, down to. And, and this is this is where I'm getting to is it is the foundation. And what what am what the podcast really delves into is the the ideas of um like for instance the three queuing system and these principles that were set that were not research based. So as a kindergarten teacher, I drew it, I've talked about decodables before and I talked about um uh, leveled readers. If you're telling a, a brand new reader, well, look at the picture and guess that is not reading. Yes. And that is, that is what this whole, to me, the big picture of the podcast was, was we are doing kids a disservice when we're giving them a strategy that's, that would be the same as in math as saying, well, just guess, just look at it and just guess. Just And I just, can remember doing that many times as a teacher, you know, use right. your clues. Use your clues, and yeah. and and it's not it's 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 not helpful. And the in the examples that are given in the podcast, and since then I've been in some trainings where it's very true. You have a book, and you have a picture of a monkey, and you have a picture of a giraffe, and the the sentence says, you know, um, the monkey went in the mud with the giraffe and then they get to the word monkey, and these are beginning readers, and they and and they're like, well, look at the picture, and they say, well, mud the mud because they see the mud and it starts with an M. Well, that's not a strategy of reading. Right. They're that's, guessing words. You're teaching them to guess. Correct. Rather than 
Use a strategy, Use a strategy which is just, correct. So yes. I, you, you said, you said, what is best practices? Well, I can tell you from experience that I remember back, and and I shared this before. So I'm, I apologize for everybody who's heard this before. But when I was in the classroom, I fought heavily against those strategies because I, in sitting and teaching kids, brand new little learners that came in with no, with no letters, no sounds, no phoneme, you know, very little phonemic awareness, and building up that foundation, and then telling them to guess or skip the word. I, I knew I was like, that's nonsense. That's, ri- that's ridiculous. And I remember one time there was um, somebody who had way more experience than I did came in and tried to convince me that the leveled books and these books were that, you know, that this was going to get my kids to the next, next level, but yet they couldn't sound out words. They couldn't decode. Those are the strategies we need to teach. And I think it's been proven when you teach kids the code and they learn the code, then we can be successful. But we've totally skipped out on that part because somebody told us, we'll use these cute little beanie babies and use these strategies for hopping over words or or making your mouth, you know, opening your mouth like like this beanie baby. And, but, and they're not accurate. Yeah, but... So to be fair to all of us teachers that did all those things, we were sold uh-huh. a story. Absolutely. You know, we didn't know. We were trained to do things this way. And what is kind of coming to light now is that those weren't the best. They were just kind of, you know, politicians thought you should use that or money was behind it or, um, you know, like they had to just change their proposal to meet certain criteria. And the next thing you know, millions of dollars mm-hmm. of sales came in. So it wasn't necessarily right. It was basically, you know, politicians or someone else thinking this is the best when it might not have been. And I think this is a a perfect example of listen to the people who are in the classroom, because a lot of teachers would tell you not to bash Lucy Calkins, but I have never like she was a she was a writing person, not a reading person. She was a writing person that then created a reading program and her, her writing program was in, in, to me is designed when it comes to kindergarten is designed for kids who, who have had experience with writing and who come in with all of these skills and that's it one of the was things not that, developmentally yeah. appropriate. That's one of the things that they talk about uh, episode five. I happen to know that uh, is how affluent kids had certain skills versus uh, non-affluent kids. And so how do you go back and teach students who don't come with the background knowledge of skills how to read? Right. So, yeah, you, I mean, you can go, it's, it's fascinating because you go on and on and on. But again, it just makes me question everything. I think, then, like I said, I, I'm just going to reiterate again. And I think I, 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 I know that you have done this in the past because I've been a part of your admin team, your, you know, like your governance committee and things, you do try to take into account what the teachers, what the people in the trenches are saying. Because when teachers, when you have an overwhelming amount of teachers that say, this does not work, this does not work, we need to try something different. And and then the principal or the district says, nope, we're not going to listen to you. We know best. I yes. think that is a big mistake. And I think that's what we've been seeing for a long time is teachers saying, look, we have a problem. Why do we have a, a, a huge amount of, of, of students in third grade who cannot read on grade level? What is the problem? 
to, to bring it to kind of Clark County, I think a lot of educators have um, ways to fix things, but they are not listened to. You're, I've said a thousand times, if, if you or many of the other people at Smith or even today at Thompson, if a grade level comes in and sits down and says, this isn't working, it is my duty to listen to them and to try to understand why it's not and to find a way to make things work. Sadly, people don't have my philosophical style and they don't want to hear that. They just say, keep trying to fit the square peg in the round hole. We know best and we are not listening to the people in the trenches. And I think that is setting us behind. And I think that also makes me question a lot of decisions makes a lot of us question a lot of decisions that come down the pike. For example, like, so my wife, Christy, as you talked about, she loves amplify science. Mm -hmm. She loves it. Depending on who you talk to teacher wise, they, they might not like it. When you look at that, is that what's right for kids or teachers? I can't give you an answer. I think in elementary, she teaches middle school, so she has time. She's only science, but in elementary school, I could technically say you're going to teach Envisions with Fidelity. You're going to teach Amplify with Fidelity. You're going to teach Wonders with Fidelity. You're going to do this phonics program. I could say that, but teachers know best. They're in the most teachers, most know best. They're in the classrooms. So why would I ever say you must do this again? If the district says, Robert, you must make them do that or you're going to get in trouble, well, then I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. But again, it makes you question who's making these decisions at the state level and at the district level. And can you trust them? Which leads me into something that I am going to say that is very controversial. I know for a fact it's going to be. And that is, this is one reason why I don't believe in how math is being taught in the classrooms today. So in the early 2000s is when, you know, we changed over to Common Core. And for those that don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to briefly sum, I mean, the whole reason behind Common Core um, was that, so we had all the states on board because if you went to Texas, they had a whole different group of standards. And then say you had somebody in the military and they moved to Nevada, then they were on clearly different standards. And so there was like, okay, we've got to come together and kind of have be on the same wavelength somehow. So that's where Common Core. And then, and then parents tripped out and were like, this is awful. This is horrendous. And so then states basically took the common core, tweaked it a little bit and said, Nevada content standards. So it's still very similar to common core. It's just named something different. Yes. And so we have common core and um, the crazy thing to me about math. And I have three kids who have all went through the public school system here in Clark County, but it's not Clark County. This is, this is nationwide where they have went through third, fourth and fifth grade. And the emphasis has been on these long forms to figure out a problem. Now here is my struggle as a parent. 
I wasn't taught that way. Now, I understand we can't go say, well, it's not how it was in the good old days. I understand times change, technology changes, we, we can adjust. I understand that. But just like reading, I want my own kids to know their facts like this so that when they get to be 20 or 25 or whatever, they're not having to sit down with a piece of paper and start doing groupings because that's the way they were taught. And I know there's a lot of educators that say facts, memorizing facts doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It makes a difference. And I am not opposed to my kids learning a long form, but I don't want that to be the emphasis. I understand what you're saying. In a way, one could say, bringing it back to the theme, that through Common Core, every state, every educator was kind of sold on this idea that these standards are better. Because again, everything comes with purse strings. Common Core, not all states did it, but most, I think most of them. Well, it came with money from the federal government, just mm-hmm. like No Child Left Behind. Right. Once. Once the federal government starts putting money into something, then they want control of everything. And dictate what you do and what you don't do. do. Mm -hmm. And if you think the district's going to cut the federal government money out of the equation just so that you can teach what you want, then you're going to need to buy a bridge somewhere to an ocean in Arizona because they're not. Mm -hmm. So again, how much of this is comes back to Money, politicians, and and control. Control is my word this year. And I think we're going to see in another 10 to 15 years, what we're seeing right now with reading is we're, I mean, what's the biggest problem in our district right now? But it's not just our district, Robert. It's, it's, It's quite frequently everywhere. What is one of the biggest deficits? Math. 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 We're seeing it. And so I think in another in another few years, we're gonna we're gonna look back and say, man, did we do our kids a disservice by by pushing so hard and saying, This is the way that we we have to do it. This is the way that you you know, we want everybody to learn this. Yes, we're gonna teach you standard algorithm in in uh, fourth grade, but it's gonna be a small portion and we're gonna spend so much more time doing all these other ways and and uh, do you need to memorize your facts? No, memorization is horrible. It's terrible. Nobody should memorize facts. Nobody should memorize anything. <laughs> when you grow up, you're just going to sit down with pen and paper and do your long forms. You could make the argument. I've, I've never understood this either. When we were at Smith, our reading was in the 70s, I think, and our math was in the 40s. And so one year, the whole school improvement plan was based around math, and my supervisor at the time didn't like that and i said to her we don't have a reading problem we have a math problem and it was like like her head exploded how can you not have a reading problem again i don't know how much is tied into the idea that you have to do reading you have to do reading you have to do this and i don't i just the longer the more i go along this year the more i believe that they just want you to just do do whatever. Just like back in the day, they wanted you to do reading recovery. Mm-hmm. Or back in the day, Lucy Culkins was the way. I just, I just question, I think a lot of educators do, why are we doing this? Is it right? You could say Envisions, for example. Mm-hmm. The whole district went to Envisions math. Mm-hmm. Why? 
Well, because Why? I, because they 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 need something. They need something that they can. Again, it goes back to that accountability of they're 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 answering to somebody higher than themselves and higher than our district, and they're saying, "Oh yes, look, we spent you know millions of dollars." on envisions and our whole district has it. Now, I know from from experience of walking into a classroom where there were tons of envisions workbooks from years ago when envisions were was a part yeah. of um uh, our school program and there were tons of workbooks in the in the closet that had never been used. You know why? Because the there, there were three or four problems on a worksheet and it was ridiculous that you cannot tell me that what I I can do hands on or with the students with a whiteboard is not is is not better than what was in those workbooks. You're not you're not wrong. I had there's so many things that I could say about this, but I'm going to go with this one. I had a discussion with someone three years ago when we were opening the school about my philosophy, basically, and she was trying to say no. They spend a lot of money on envisions and the pacing. I think I was talking about first grade math because first grade hates the pacing of envisions. And she's like, no, they spend a lot of money. They know what's right for the pacing of math. <laughs> and that drove me crazy because they don't know what 17 or 18 or 25 kids are in the classroom. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, and, I, and, who, again, and who, and who creates this, who creates this, this class in some, in some, uh, I mean, for, for comic sake in some laboratory where they've handpicked kids and they've, and they've done this pacing where, I, I mean, it's, why it's ridiculous it though, to me. You will see all the time. People say not all kids learn the same. So we need to teach them, but yet every program believes that all kids learn the same in the same order, the same pacing. So again, I, I just feel like we keep getting sold these programs. And what we're not investing in is teacher autonomy and teacher training in a different way to get people to understand how to move all kids forward. We just want we just want to say everybody has a vision so that if a kid moves from Thompson to Smith Elementary School, they've got the same vocabulary, the same. Well, no, they don't. They don't. Oh, well, we want to just say that every school has a resource. Well, that's great, but you don't need the same resource. Like, it frustrates me because, well, we need the same curriculum. Well, you know, we kind of have it. It's called the standards. Mm-hmm. Those are what you're supposed to teach. Yes, and best so how- practices should be applied to those standards. That's what the standards are there for. And they're supposed to be accountability to the standards, not to a curriculum. Not right. to a curriculum because, I mean, ultimately, you you know, they've spent invested a, a lot more time and um, into the standards and breaking them down and and providing vocabulary that attaches to each standard and and um, wrapping these standards up with teacher vocabulary and student vocabulary. There's so much involved in the standards. I believe that we need to be teaching um, new new teachers how to look at a standard, understand what it means, and give them suggestions on how to teach that instead of teaching to a curriculum. Because what if you do? What if you go to another school and they don't have something? Or what if they do have something? You have to learn how to teach a standard. You need to learn how to teach a skill, Skill. not just a specific curriculum or a page on a book. The other day I was observing a teacher 
And she did great. She did. Everything was great. And then at the end, she handed out an Envisions worksheet. And I looked at the worksheet. There was 20 problems. And she said, don't do number 18 and 19, I think it was. But I was looking through the worksheet, and I thought, this this thing stinks. You could do four really good questions, probably three if you needed to, that would show you if the kids knew the standard. But no. And then I thought, I thought I was sitting in the room, I thought, you know what? If people from the district walked in right now, they'd be really, really happy because she's using Envisions, and the kids are all doing Envisions. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there thinking, I can't quote unquote punish. There's no punishment involved, but right. that's the word. The teacher for the bad worksheet because she's just doing what the district supposed wants her to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I think we could come up with three really good questions that would show if the kids know this or not. Exit ticket out, boom, done. But instead, kids spent 20, 25 minutes doing a worksheet. Mm-hmm. Not all of them needed to do. And it was really frustrating. So again, here we are doing a program that we paid for mm-hmm. that was said it's good. And should we be? And are we going to look back in 10 years and say, whoops, sorry? I don't think so, because I don't think they're humble enough to admit. Okay. Well, kind of like Sean and Pinnell. Okay. So yeah, where are we at now, though, with, if, with, with the virality of this of this podcast sold a story. I mean, if you, if you're listening, all you need to do is type in sold a story on Google and you are going to get a ton. This is um, the LA school report. Uh, why you should buy into the sold a story podcast. It's a commentary sold a story, how teaching kids to read went so wrong. Um, I mean, there's article after article after article, how teaching kids to read went so wrong. I said that one already. Um, new podcast examines why teachers have been sold a story on reading instruction. You could just go through. I mean, these are all within the last couple of days that have been. And um, I think that I think that when you have something like this, which really spotlights and triggers throughout the education community, it really puts the pressure on. Now, we know that Fontes and Pinnell have resisted this change. And okay, and I just want to stop and say this too. You know what I also think is ironic? Is we have all these, we have some districts and we have some people that are like, yes, yes, I believe this. And I I want to change. But yet we're using basically Fontes and Pinnell their assessments, you know, we're using their, their um, dibbles and we're using all of these, these assessments, DRA kits, you know, and, and, and yet we're agreeing that it's not the best practices. So we have to use something. So, but is it gonna, the best, but is it the best? Is it the best? You can question that, you know, in the end, it's all about perspective. Until you throw science in there and then it throws people off. But, you know, when you look at it, another thing while well, I think of this, so this is, I mean, this podcast is called It's All About Perspective. Mm-hmm. So this person's perspective is is fine and I respect it. One teacher was asked, I can't remember which part it was. She was asked, well, why don't you use this? And she said, because I don't like George Bush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look. If your politics are getting so ingrained in the fact you won't use something because you don't like the president or whoever, I think you have to reassess yourself. Ultimately, it comes down to 
is it right for kids? That's all that should matter. But we, we don't subscribe to that as a whole. It's not about the kids in many cases. It's about money, politics, and things of that nature. I wish it were the other way around, but sadly it's not. And that's district, that's school-wide, or that's, uh, that's nationwide. Nationwide. Mm-hmm. Nationwide. That's not, a, that's not a pick on CCSD at all. I think everything just comes down, sadly, to politics. I, I think, I mean, a lot of things are. A lo- I, I think our world revolves around, um, if, you know. I mean, you just look at the past years, but let's just say, uh, <clears throat> all right, we're so divided. Let's, let's say, uh, let's say President Trump or President Biden, whichever one you voted for, that's fine, doesn't matter. Let's say that they came out and said, every teacher is going to use uh, this program. Well, if you don't like President Trump, many people would be like, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. You don't and like President Biden. It's the same thing on the other side. That's going to say absolutely not. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a divided, it's a divided, it's a divided country. I, but, you're my, like, but you're like, if it is sadly enough, if President Biden said, we're using this program, it's based upon brain research and science, we'd still have a bunch of people that'd be like, I'm not changing I don't agree with the science. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and that just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. And I don't think there's an answer for that. And I don't think that we're going to um, come up with a solution. I, I just, I think that every person, you know, that's an educator has to look within themselves and um, determine what kind of teacher they want to be. And sometimes you can be the teacher that is going to stand up and, and speak your mind and say, I'm going to do what's best for kids. And for some, they say, I want to, but I can't because I don't want to speak up against the system. Yeah. Then you have some that say, I'm willing to speak up against the system. And um, I may I may be penalized for that. I'm willing like that to young take lady that. in Colorado we talked about. Right. I'm willing to do that. And then um, you have some I mean, it, it, you're just going to have you're going to have people that just say it's just not worth it to me. It's not worth it. I want to do what's best. And then you have people, you know, I have a good friend who's very well known. We've had him on this podcast and he says, shut your door and do your thing. Yeah. You know, shut your door and do your thing and, um, you know, do what's do what you think is best. And I think that every every educator owes it to themselves and to the students that they educate to to research and um, find the best practices of what what your students need. And I think that becomes, as I've shared before, I think if you, um, if you're a teacher who, you know, moves grade levels, I think that's harder to do because, you know, it's harder to move within grade levels and, and really solidify what your, what your explicit instruction is. But um, if you've been in a grade level for two years or more, I think you owe it to your students to, um, to just find out what, what, what are the standards? What are the standards? And, and how can I, how can I teach to this, to, to master these skills um, in the best way possible? So my, I feel like this is <laughs> taking my perspective. I feel like the podcast sold a story reinforced my philosophy on how I choose to run the school, which is essentially, I don't care how you teach the kids as long as they're growing. Just don't get me in the news and don't get me in trouble. Well, and I so think ultimately, do that, why do why I, I come at why do we care? 
Why do we care what program you use? Why do we care? Whatever. If the kids are growing, why do we care? I think, I, I think, I mean, we've talked about that already, but I was just, as you were talking, I was, I was quickly breaking down in my brain. For instance, when it comes to reading, what do kids need to know to read? What do they need to know to read? Well, they have to know their letters. They have to know that there's sounds. They have to know that there's, um, you know, and I'll never forget, you know, um, she's one of my favorite people. She's a former assistant principal that's now a principal. And I will never forget, she was, she knows a lot about reading instruction. Mm -hmm. And she told me, she's like, there's a book called um, Breaking the Code. And I was, this is years ago. This is years ago. And um, I think that's, or Unlock the Code. I, I think it's called Breaking the Code or Unlock the Code. And um, I actually, I actually got the book and it is, it is literally talking about how reading is a code and, you know, there's, we have to learn the code. And so once, once you, I mean, you learn the codes, you have the keys to unlock the code wherever it is that you're reading. And so let's teach the code. Let's teach them the skills that they need to be successful to read. And, and, and in the same with math, the same with math. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Sadly though, a lot of people and, and, and to be fair to the people above me, you know, they have a hard job. They're trying to get everybody on the same page. They want to ensure all schools grow, or at least I want to believe that. But, you know, there's there's principals out there who are anti-TPT, Teachers Pay Teachers, anti. Mm-hmm. Do not have that in my school. The district actually has play, things in place to where if you're going to use something not approved, you have to get it approved by various people. Again, why, why? I don't understand. It just like if you if you had something on TPT that was guaranteed to teach students OR, guaranteed, you can't use it. Why? I, again, I don't understand. And I, it comes back to kind of the whole premise that we are expected to do these things that the district has has uh, decided are the best, and that's just the way it is. And I. I struggle greatly with that. It's always fun to talk about all these different opinions and things that we can't change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, right. it becomes, it becomes sometimes I feel when we're done with the podcast, I feel a little defeated because we have, we, you know, we have ideas and we have strong opinions, but sometimes it just can't be changed. And um, I think, but, but why? So sorry, we're going to extend this out. 34 minutes. Sorry for the listeners. You get extra bonus minutes here. Why? I was thinking about this. You know, when someone says we can't do that, I want to say, well, why not? And maybe that's because I'm out of the box thinker. Maybe that's because I try to like move us forward, but I don't understand. Why can't we do something? You're like, why can't we take this newfound information and as a di- as the fifth largest school district, we got good people. Let's have good people put together our own reading program based upon science. Why why can't we do this? I, that's what frustrates me. Why can't we? Um, I I think <laughs> I I think what's kind of funny to me is when is when research comes out and they're like, okay, we're going to investigate this, but it takes five years to do it. 
it's like we're going to investigate this does sound like a great idea this we're, we're going to investigate this but it, the investigation goes on for years and it never comes into practice and so um it's almost like vetting something you know it's like it's mm-hmm. going to take us five years to vet it to realize oh yeah you're right this is you know this is a better approach so I, I wish that there was a simpler system. We've talked about breaking up the school district. We've talked about, you know, um, uh, public versus charter and private schools. And, you know, um, ultimately, as a, as a human being and as if you're a parent, I think you, you advocate for your own education, at your, own, your child's education. I think you, um, you do what you can if... if like the podcast talked about, which I think is really interesting. If you have the means, a lot of people that have the means are able to get them their their children tutors, are able to get their children the assistance that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's this it's the families that can't afford that 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 probably need it the most that that can't access those resources. Yeah, and you know, we know this. We've heard this for years. So again, Yet why, another problem of here's the problem, but we're not we're not going to do anything yeah, about it. I think that's what frustrates me because I'm just a solutions person. I don't I don't want a problem. I want the solution. Like let's let's think of something. So that's what frustrates me. And when you look at reading, okay, we've got this big long story now that's out there, and everybody's listening to it. So what's the solution? What's right. the solution? And what scares me is you know that tomorrow morning someone's going to wake up. And they're going to do reading recovery somewhere or they're going to do Lucy Calkin somewhere. And again, like we're just come on, like I just get so frustrated. What's the solution? I'm not sure what the solution is, but I do know that it's always. Always, always, always. It's all about perspective. (laughs) All about perspective. It's all about perspective. So if you haven't had a chance to go and listen to Soul the Story, you can find it anywhere. We're not um, getting anything to say that we are not influencers of that. It's just a fascinating, very well done um, and not entertaining as much as it is informative podcast. And I think that whether you're a parent or whether you're a teacher or principal, I think you'll find value in it and it might help form your opinion and maybe some of your practices and teaching. So again, no matter where you stand, it's always, It's all about perspective. Thanks for joining us and see you next time.